Let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 14, and we'll be in verses 10 through 25 as we take just a few moments to get our hearts prepared for taking of the Lord's Supper. If you're at home right now and watching online, you can certainly take this moment to go grab some elements from your kitchen and prepare with us to take these uh, Lord's Supper elements together in just a few moments. But before we do that, I want us to look at Mark chapter 14. As we left off last week, we were with the disciples and Mary had had this beautiful moment of worship with Jesus. You recall that as the disciples were around, Mary took this very expensive ointment and she anointed Jesus. And the disciples, especially Judas, flared their nostrils in disgust. Remember, we checked our notes to figure out what this uh, Judas was so upset about. And Judas was so upset about this woman's worship. And so in the midst of this woman's worship, Judas is flaring his nostrils at her worship, and that leads us right into where we are in verse 10. So if you have your Bible, let's follow along. Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 10. It says, Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There, prepare a place for us. They are prepared for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came to the twelve, and as they were reclining at the table, Jesus uh, said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to very sorrowfully say to one another, Is it I? Jesus said to them, It is the one of the twelve who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him uh, if he had not been born. And they were eating. He took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said to them, and they drank drank of it, and he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord, would you, would you lead us and guide us through this time as we prepare our hearts to take these elements. Lord, I pray that our hearts are, are clean and pure before you. And the only way they're clean and pure before you is as we recognize that your blood has washed us white as snow. So Lord, we repent of our sins. We, we ask your forgiveness to be upon us. We do what David did in the psalm. Lord, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Well, it's amazing how in January of 2021, we began the pathway of studying the book of Mark, that we would find ourselves on Mark chapter 14, learning about the Lord's Supper on Lord's Supper Sunday. So I think that's just a little bit of the grace of the Lord to lead us right here so beautifully to take of the Lord's Supper, and also that's precisely where we are. And as we look at week after week after week after week studying the scripture, we feel the weight of where we are right now. And I hope you do as well. We feel the weight of what these scriptures have led us to, and it gives us maybe even more weight to the Lord's Supper this morning. That for days now, the disciples have been tracking with Jesus, walking in, not quite understanding all that's happening. On the backdrop of this Lord's Supper, the chief priests, the scribes, and the religious leaders are trying to kill Jesus, all the while the people are listening at every word that Jesus is saying. I mean, can you imagine the, the tension and the heaviness in this room? Jesus has just told his disciples that not a stone would be left on top of, on top of stone for the temple. Jesus is about to tell them that he's not going to drink again until he drinks anew in the kingdom of God. With them in their midst, they're learning that one of them is going to betray Jesus. I mean, there's just a heaviness here. You've had the widow who's given it all for her offering. You've had Mary anoint Jesus and prepare his body for burial. And you've had all the division. And even in other places, you see that Judas is uh, singled out, is taken from the treasury, that already the the enemy is working in in Judas's heart. So this is where we find ourselves. And, And I want to take just a moment before we take these elements to look at verse 10 and 11. Then Judas, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priest in order to betray him. The scriptures are almost unbelievable. They're surreal. Jesus chose twelve disciples to go and live and dwell and walk beside him for three years. For three years, Judas was one of the twelve. Yet Judas would be the one who would betray Jesus and give him up for death. So I want to look at three quick little points that just almost shock my soul as I read it. Judas was one of the twelve. He was with Jesus. Number one, Judas experienced the power of transformed lives. Judas was obviously there when a leprous man went from Scraping his wounds and yelling, unclean, unclean. Judas saw and experienced all of these things. He saw a leprous man be healed. Judas saw the blind to see. Judas saw the lame to walk. Judas saw countless individuals, probably countless upon countless, who were not even recorded in the pages of our Bible, who were, who were given new life by Jesus. He likely heard countless tales of people running up to Jesus as they were walking in saying, Jesus healed so-and-so. Jesus healed my brother. Jesus healed this. Jesus gave new life to me. Can you imagine walking around with Jesus constantly and people just coming up saying, you gave me new life, Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, there is Judas seeing the power of transformed lives all around him. So there Judas is. Walking with Jesus, seeing transformed life after transformed life after transformed life, people going from death to life, being healed of their afflictions, healed of their diseases, being able to see, being able to hear, being able to walk, being able to talk, all of a sudden, because Jesus interacted with their story, everything changed for them. Judas saw 
all of it. Not only that, Judas was around Jesus' most clear, incredible, powerful, and authoritative teaching. Can you imagine? Judas sat under the most powerful teacher this world has ever known. He was right there in the synagogues to hear Jesus teach with authority. He was right there to hear Jesus call out the scribes and the Pharisees and teach with clarity. I mean, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God and the Word was with God. Judas heard the Word taught and preached so clearly, so beautifully, so perfectly, and so much authority. Judas saw that Word transform other people's lives. Judas saw the power of transformed lives. He saw the power of powerful teaching. He saw also and lived in proximity to Jesus. Judas was one of the twelve. He was rubbing shoulders with Jesus. He was walking on pathways with Jesus. When Judas had questions, who did he ask? But, hey, Jesus, I have a question for you, right? I mean, Judas had everything right in front of him. Access to Jesus, access to him, witnessing all these things. He's right there in proximity to Jesus. Yet all of these things occurring, Judas still would betray Jesus. Does that verse not just leave you scratching your head? Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, he saw the power of numerable transformed lives. He heard the most incredible, impactful teaching that has ever walked to the face of this planet. And he was in the utmost proximity to the Savior of the universe. Yet his heart completely missed who Jesus was. As we take these elements in just a moment, as we look at Judas and as we recognize all that these things are occurring, we can we can be guilty in so many ways of some of these things that we can see the power of transformed lives in other people, we can, but we cannot experience it ourselves. We can hear the most powerful of teaching, yet we can't take it to heart. We can be right next to Jesus and his followers, yet our hearts can be far, far away from the Lord. I think some of the saddest words in Scripture may be verse 11. The saddest words, but also the words that at the end of the day somehow God used to work to bring good in all of our lives. And Judas sought an opportunity to betray him. We take that with the reminder of what we're about to do, that in verse 12, on the first day of the unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb. Now, I think how neat it is that in January of 2021, God would so ordain somehow that we would find our way right here on this Lord's Supper Sunday. I mean, God just works in really neat ways. But I don't think that it's any mistake That Jesus would ride in on a donkey during Passover week. I don't think it's any mistake that they would be eating the Passover meal in preparation for what Jesus was going to do. That he would be the Passover lamb that would take away the sins of the earth. So don't miss that this is some just take away holiday. No, they are sacrificing the Passover lamb. They're talking about the Passover. It's beautiful, the picture from the Old Testament. From the moment the exodus happened and they were putting the the blood of the lamb over their doorpost and the, the, the death angel passed over their door, this moment has been preparing since generations before that Jesus would come and he would be the new and greater Passover lamb that would take away the sins of the world. The ram caught in the thicket that there would be a better ram that would take away and would become the sacrifice. That as Jesus is walking them through this Passover meal, he is preparing their hearts for what he would become in the Passover. 
And so as we take these elements, in a moment as Eddie and Justin come and uncover the table and we begin to take these elements and disperse these elements, we do this to remember what Jesus has done. This is not an exercise that we do five times a year just to, to do it because we're, no, we do this to remember this precise thing that Jesus has set up for us to remember. We do this out of remembrance of what Jesus has done. So if you were to forget, here's your tailor-made opportunity to remember. We as people are forgetful people. We have, we have all sorts of memory devices all throughout our house, all throughout our homes, all throughout our cars. I keep one of those kind of memory devices in my office. It's it's in a Ziploc bag. It's just this little charred remains of one of the hymnals that was right back there about a year or so ago from the fire. I keep this little reminder in my office, and it sits up uh, right over on my desk on the, on the side there. And This little charred hymnal is a tailor-made opportunity to remember. Uh, you look at it, and all those emotions, those memories come fl- flooding right back in. Think about right being back out here in this room, right about where uh, Kenny and Sarah are sitting. This is right where that Bible came from. I remember walking down. It, it just brings all those memories back, but it also brings the faithfulness of God back right as I look at it. You begin thinking about the charred remains of this little hymnal, but you also begin thinking about all that God did over the course of that year. I mean, it floods you back. And the moment you forget, as soon as you see this, you're flooded back and you're reminded of all that God has done in and amongst us over these past several months. It's to remember. If years down the road there comes a point in my life where I forget what God has done in my life and in the life of this church, look at this and I can look down at the middle aisle and remember what God has done and how faithful that he has been. If at any point you forget that God loves and cares for you, if at any moment you forget God's faithfulness, his care, his provision, his protection, his love and care for you, then we take these elements to remember to remind ourselves of what God has done for us. This time I'll ask that Justin and Eddie come and begin preparing these elements. And I want to read for us from 1 Corinthians our, our kind of marching orders that Paul gave us. It's taken right from what we just read in Mark chapter 14, but Paul expounds on it even further in 1 Corinthians. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread when he had given thanks. It's a song of we're just saying, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. When he had given thanks, when he had given thanks for the, the bread that he was taking in the drink, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. So as you hold this little wafer of bread in your hand and this little cup, this little thimble of juice in your fingers, as Paul plays and as Ichthus sings, These are moments for your remembrance, moments for your examination of your heart. Maybe you would take that little wafer of bread and you'd say, before I take this, I need to kneel on this altar and I need to prepare my heart. Maybe you just need to turn right there in your pew and you need to get down on your knees and say, Lord, I need to repent. I need to come clean. Lord, I need your help. 
Maybe you would just sit there with that little wafer saying, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Take the stillness and the the quietness and the calmness of this moment to be a moment for your reflection in your heart. Whatever the Lord needs to do in your heart right now, let him do it. This is a moment for your reflection and for your remembrance. Let me pray, and then the deacons will disperse these elements as Paul plays. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for your body that was given for us. Thank you for your blood poured out for us. As we take these elements, would, your, would you teach us? Would you shape us? Would you mold us? Would you make us? Would you refine us into your image, Lord? We love you, and we thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.